Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. All right, welcome everybody. Um, Zach Jackson and Jason Lloyd here in the press box. We're about, gosh, only an hour. I mean, they played the longest games, don't they? <laughs> today was super long. But um, they were the better team today, and it got here in several spots. But it was impressive all around. Uh, the Browns go to 8-5. They become the first team since the 2015 Texans to win a game with four different starting quarterbacks. Um, they move to a position where they're 6-1 and one at home, and if they win their last two at home, they're going to get in the playoffs. They name a starting quarterback in Joe Flacco. Uh, he, throw, he has the first 300-yard passing game for the franchise since week 11 of last year. Um, the, only the third three-touchdown game for the franchise in three years. Um, he's still on the practice squad, by the way. He's your starting quarterback. But the defense was awesome. Uh, I know Jacksonville got 27 points. But Jason, that to me was a defensive masterpiece, and that's with Miles only making one splash play. Now Miles affects the game. There's no doubt about that. But guys were everywhere, and they were playing at the end down three secondary starters, down to two defensive tackles. Um, guys just just making plays. So look, th- this this team has earned, this is an imperfect team. It has been a wild ass season. Um, they've found a way to position themselves to do it. And <laughs> Kareem Hunt, who wasn't on the team, Joe Flacco, who wasn't on the team or anybody's team, right, a couple of weeks ago, and again, remains on the practice squad. But um, he's the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, and he has this team in playoff position. Well, you stole where I was going to go. That's exactly where I was going to start with this. Kareem and Joe were on the street and out of the league and probably thought their careers were over. And now they're playing important roles in this whole thing. And if you look on the defensive side of the ball, you know, we all thought Denzel was playing. We kind of assumed all week he was, at least I did, thought he was playing. Yeah. He's, he's, he's inactive. And then moments before kickoff, Juan Thornhill can't go. He tweaks his calf pre pregame. Those are enormous losses in the secondary. And all of a sudden Trevor Lawrence is playing. And I had one player tell me there's no way that was a high ankle sprain for, for Lawrence. He said, I don't know what he had. It was not a high ankle sprain. The way he was moving around. So you think going into this game, uh oh, you know, Lawrence is playing and the Browns are down in the secondary and this team just finds a way to win. And I, you know, we've laughed at the Browns culture for 20 years, but the tenacity that they've shown this year, the ability to overcome, the ability to not be phased when things don't go their way and just keep coming on both sides of the ball. And now to have a 38 year old quarterback who was golfing two weeks ago, three weeks ago, put up the numbers that he did. You can't predict this stuff. This is just totally surreal. And, you know, it's a credit to the coaching staff on both sides, offensive and defensive, to get them ready. It's a credit to these players to just keep fighting. And the Browns are the number one playoff or, or wild card team in the league right now. And, you know, we were talking, we were, the Ravens, the division probably went out the window today with that bonkers Ravens win. Just be based on tiebreakers, I think they would probably get it. Uh, but, hey, man, th- this team is sprinting full force into a playoff spot 
and with everything they've had to overcome this year, I don't know how you can't be anything but thrilled with that. No, it, it comes down to find a way, right? And uh, we, we left out two backup tackles Yeah, playing for the quarterback can't move and wasn't on the team. And isn't on the 53-man roster. Uh, everybody else lost today. The Steelers lost on Thursday. They entered the weekend with the same record as the Browns. Uh, the Colts lost today. The Texans lost today. And, and the Jaguars are an example of the fine line, and you don't know, because they were playing for the number one seed two weeks ago, and you know now they've lost two straight. And, and Lawrence you know, gutted it out. I, I think it was obvious that he didn't have a full practice week. That He obviously missed Christian Kirk. But I just credit this to the defense. This, this to me, is as impressive. Uh, it's up there with one of the most impressive defensive efforts of the season, and it's been a lot. I just many times looking out there, it's what it's supposed to look like. It's guys in the backfield. Right. And the running back is already changing direction before he has the handoff. You know, it's uh, they dropped about three interceptions and they were early on a couple. They didn't get called. But Emerson has two picks. Newsom has one. Uh, Ronnie Hickman, undrafted rookie on no notice, you know, has to play. And, yeah, I think I, I think culture is what is, is you can say. And I think these guys are clearly bought in. I think this has been the most adaptable. Browns team from coach to player 53 or, you know, actually they're, they're player 55 or 75 yeah. uh, in, in, in doing that. And, and so the mission is not done yet, but the defense needed to bounce back. It got it. Blacko gives you 300 yards. And like, it's not the cleanest of operations, right? Um, there's things that he's missing and he drops back to hand it off and it takes him about 10 minutes to get there. Right. But like the, Amari has the one fumble, but he's getting open. Elijah Moore is suddenly an NFL wide receiver again. Right. The joke was just a beast and the, and the Jaguars double covered him, you know, and then nobody covered David Bell. And uh, I don't blame him. I wouldn't have either. No. Right. <laughs> right. The full blitz is on. The quarterback makes the right read. He delivers the ball. The guy turns up and runs and there's nobody there, you know, and th- I, I think right now as the Jaguars go to Hopkins Airport, they would live with that. Because they're blitzing in a mobile 38-year-old quarterback who didn't know the names of the guys that he's thrown to until a few days ago. you know, And he makes the right read and he beats it. And, and so, yeah, I, I thought Flacco played really well last week. Um, it's just such a breath of fresh air when he comes in the media room with his professionalism, humility. Um, you know, And he says, I didn't really play that great, but, but some, some guys made plays. You know, last week he really beat himself up for the interception, and that that was a crucial play. Today he says, look, it's my job to get the ball to David Njoku because if you get the ball to David Njoku with a running start, he's really hard to tackle. The guy scores two touchdowns, right? And I know every one of you gasps when he was open by 17 yards because he usually doesn't catch that one. He's usually more apt to catch it when he's triple teamed. But, uh, you know, they overcame the miscues. That's growth. That's winning football. Um the game just kept going and going and going and they couldn't put it away for various reasons. Obviously most of them turnover related because when they didn't, when they had a chance to make it 17 or 21 or even worse than nothing in the, in the first half, they didn't and they give team life, but they might see Jacksonville again in four weeks. Um, you know, point. The, the mission is, is getting there. And when you look at offensive growth, I mean, it, it's hilarious to hear the guy to hear Flacco say, Hey, you know, we're not, we're not there yet. We, we, we like our offense, but we're not there yet. You know, it's week 13, 14, but he's right. Like he's only played here two weeks. <laughs> so, um, you know, they lost a ton of guys to injury today and we'll see. And Jerome Ford went to the x-ray room 
Um, Grant Delpit, who who apparently got a new contract, had an injury that needs tested. This is the same calf injury for Juan Thornhill. That's an issue, and we don't know what's up with Dewan. Um, guys, please don't question Denzel Ward's toughness. He didn't get cleared to play. Like Denzel Ward wants to play, and the Browns need him. So credit to Emerson and Newsom for playing the way they did. And Halasi played, and Mike Ford played, and Cam Mitchell played his ass off. But like Denzel Ward wants to play, guys. He's not cleared. We we thought that he would be. I thought the same as Jason. He spoke to the media. He was he did his full practice week. It came down to the doctors did not clear him. So um, it's really some of the stupidest discourse that goes on out there. But this is a different. Like Miles is clearly playing hurt, right? This is a different team from buy in from the start. Multiple times today, Jason, I look over whatever's going on with the offense or the special teams, and the defensive guys are already lined up, ready to run out on the field. Yeah, like they they want to get out there and do their job, and the offense put them in three. Don't go great. They go try to make the plays, you know. And a couple of them, frankly, Evan Ingram's just really good, and Trevor Lawrence is uber talented, even at less than a hundred percent. Or, or the defense makes more plays than it did. But I, I thought it was a defensive masterpiece, and I think this was – there's not many times you could say this. Like, just an organizational win for the Browns to where so many guys and so much resilience and so many different areas pitching. I mean, Pierre Strong, how good is he on punt team? There's a 75-yard punt, right? Like, Dustin Hopkins. I didn't think they were going to kick it. I, I, I had hesitation. Fancy says, no, I didn't have any hesitation. He makes them, and he did. So credit to all those guys for doing it. I'm glad you mentioned Ford. I, my ADD kicked in. I forgot to tell you, I did happen to see him as he was leaving the locker room. Heavily, 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 heavily bandaged right hand. Uh, I don't know if there was ice underneath it or what, but I'm not expecting – I have no idea what, what what the diagnosis was, but wouldn't be surprised if there's bad news on him uh, tomorrow or Tuesday. It, it, was, it was a really big wrap on his right hand as he was leaving the, uh, the stadium today. Hey, you know, when you talk about the quarterback play, it just feels like and I was talking to one of the players earlier this year about like, what do you guys do well? Like, wh- what is this offense now post Deshaun injury and everything else? And, you know, it's it's a lot of jumbo sets, screens, play action and take a deep shot on third down every once in a while. That's exactly what that first drive was to the T. That's exactly what the first drive was. And it just feels like for the first time, Kevin has a quarterback he trusts. Now, it's a 38-year-old who was on the street three weeks ago, yeah. but it, he's got a quarterback that he trusts who runs the system the way he wants it run. And that's not to say there's any sort of discourse between him and Deshaun. I don't, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying he knows what he's getting from the quarterback position pretty much every snap, and they can run it accordingly so. And this is what it's supposed to look like. And Deshaun had injuries all year long, and I think it affected most of it you know, from, from week two or three or whatever it was that he went down, it, it impacted him the rest of the way. And, and Philip Walker is Philip Walker and DTR is a rookie. And it just, fe- and Jacoby Brissett was limited in what he could do last year. It just feels like the first time since maybe his first year with Baker, this is the type of quarterback play that he wants for a successful offense. And he's finally getting it. Do you think that's a hot take? Am I crazy? Or do you think I'm onto something? No, I think you're absolutely onto something. And I and I think there's a couple things at play. I think um you know, I think Flacco, some of the things he's good at fit what Kevin wants to do. Right? I think there's room to grow because 
uh, Flacco doesn't know these guys, right? I think there's more of DTR running in for a play at a time because Flacco can't move. You know, um, I, I think there's it's a big step in the offense is the Jaguars had to come out and say, we're going to double team 85 because we're tired of him just running routes, um, simple little routes. And if he gets the ball in the right spot, we can't bring him down, right? Like we're going to live with single on the outside. And Elijah drops one or doesn't get one, but he makes two plays on the outside. Amari makes, you know, has the fumble, but I think he finishes with seven catches on like nine targets. And, and again, David Bell. So there, there's growth everywhere. And, and I think you're going to see Flacco continue to get better uh, and more comfortable. I think you're going to see Flacco's limitations in terms of being able to move and, and not having, you know, full chemistry with these guys. But, you know, I, I think it's going to come down to it. You're going to have to survive an onside kick. You're going to have to make a kick. Eventually, Flacco's going to need to make a drive, right? The, this is what these are going to be. But for the first time in a long time, I think you feel good about it going the Browns way because they're, they're, they're surviving, right? Like, only four times all year, Jason has an eight-win team had multiple touchdown passes in a game in the NFL in 2023. It's 2024 in three weeks, <laughs> right? <laughs> like three times in three seasons, they've had a three TD pass game, and it's him. And it was his 300 yards and three TD passes. Often when you see that, it's because the team is down 10 or 14 early and has to scramble. It wasn't that today. They came out. They put it on. The script was beautiful. You know, they blew some chances to get more. And they needed the big play. They got it. So um, super, super imp- impressed with that, like I said. And there there are times I'm like, oh, oh that's going to be picked. But th- that's what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of passes in this league where the receiver is going to have to make a play or you're going to need to get lucky because it doesn't go that way or the blitz is going to have to be picked up. And, and the one where he loses the fumble, it was right in front of us. We both saw it. The Jaguars brought the right blitz. Nobody picked up the flying guy, and Flacco it didn't even have anything to do with him being slow. He, he just gets in his drop, and he's blasted right there. Like that's that's how it goes. But then they they chose to live and die by the blitz again, and the Browns were able to kill him uh, with it on the bell play. So um, the running game is is it, and and I thought there was a chance that Kevin might have got one pass too greedy around five minutes or so, six minute mark. Um, I don't have the the list in front of me right now because they had a chance to run it down more than that. But every time it's third and one, I mean, Flacco ran two sneaks and DTR ran one. And every time it's third and one or fourth and one, you know, Kareem's going to get it. He continues to do it. So I just continue to say it's all heroes welcome. And it's Cam Mitchell, a fifth round rookie off four weeks of IR. It's Kareem Hunt off his couch. Teams called him. Nobody else called Joe Flacco, guys. And I don't know why, right? I mean, that's I what I was going to say. Like, I saw the comment from Jason D. Where, why was he not signed until two weeks ago? I totally agree. Like, why do we? Why were Browns fans forced to subjected to PJ Walker for as long as they were? And I know Zach, you and I touched on it briefly on one of these earlier that there was extenuating circumstances to the timing of it all. But it's incredible that I mean, the Jets of all teams with the quarterback issues that they've had. They didn't call him, and they know him as, as well as anyone. And I, I, I wonder also if just the extra time sort of reinvigorated Joe a little bit of, of missing it. And not that he needs motivation at his age, but, God, I don't know where this is coming from. Like, he's turned the clock back 10 years. Yeah. Now, listen, if you go back and watch how he played the last couple of years, it's kind of understandable. And he is 38 and not mobile, and the Jets had completely moved on, right? But now he's doing it. And, and so the number one thing – 
that ruins off-season analysis is real results. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I've been wrong like once or maybe even twice before on, on things I've seen. Um, <laughs> in real time, I'm wrong about Elijah Moore. You know, And he's not a perfect player, but as the season's gone on, he's helped this team win multiple games. Um, I don't think David Bell will be on the team next year. I didn't think he'd be on the team this year. He has now played huge roles in beating the 49ers and the Jaguars. Those are Super Bowl level teams or close, right? So, like, um, yeah, that says a lot. Cedric Tillman is coming along. And with, with rookies, you, you never in the first year, you know, want to know. I, I don't think Cedric Tillman is ever going to be um, a true number one receiver, but he wasn't drafted to be that. He was drafted to be a big target and a compliment to the other guys. And, like, he, through being a healthy scratch for multiple games to now getting his number called only every now and again, he's making the plays. Jordan Akins, I mean, this is the first guy they're going to cut to save two million bucks in the offseason. He's in there blocking his ass off and catches a pass today, right? So, like, they're doing it. And if Jerome has some missed time, that'll be a big blow because, you know, we've seen that Jerome has a long way to go and that he's probably not a teacher runner, but he is fast. He is tough, and he has helped this team. And so we'll see. Grant Delpit has earned that contract extension. Um I, I want to kind of table that discussion for later because we're going to see, you know, eventually they can't just pay everybody and there will be a price for it, but they want to do it. And, and how you're supposed to do it is reward and keep your own guys. Grand Delta played his ass off today. Grand Delta has played great all season. If you miss him next week against Justin Fields and that big tight end that Fields throws to, that's going to be a loss, right? But like Anthony Bell, who's a special teamer and a D2 college player, and Ronnie Hickman, who's an undrafted rookie, getting in the game and they're doing what they're asked. So the Browns have 37 million now and guaranteed at the safety spot. Not to mention the eight that they owe John Johnson on still on the cap next year. Right. But next week's starting safeties might be Ronnie Hickman and DeAnthony Bell. And I don't know how it'll go, but I trust in Jim Schwartz and the DB coaches and in Rodney McLeod, who's still around the team and in, Ward and Newsom and all those, Mike Ford and all those guys, that they'll be as ready as they can be, don't you? And, and we we just so many times would not be able to say that. Yeah, you always figure like they're going to figure it out. Like it, it felt, I don't know, I don't have the numbers, but it felt like they were bringing a lot of a lot more blitzes today. Do you think I'm am I wrong on that? And I mean, there was a couple times where they were trusting Greg Newsom one on one on the outside, and that's that's a dangerous game. But they got home on the blitzes, or they got enough pressure to, to affect the throws. Of Lawrence, yeah. that it just felt like they're gonna find a way to get creative no matter who's in the game. Yeah, no, and they don't play a man all the time, but they do trust their guys in man. And, you know, Trevor's gonna diagnose that. And, you know, I think a couple times today he just misses Zay Jones by inches on touchdowns, but it's third and four inches, and they test Greg Newsom deep one on one and he picks the ball off. Right? That's a huge win on on many, many levels. Because even though it's thirty yards down the field, you gotta figure the punt's forty five or fifty. So um, yeah, you know, I, I never really felt like it got super tight at the end for various reasons. The Browns were able to keep a little bit of distance. Um, it's, I guess, probably discomforting, I guess, that they allowed the door to be open so many times. But this is the NFL. And guys, the Jaguars are a good team. They were a second-round playoff team last year. They're probably going to win their division, and they will be at least a second-round playoff team. Get it, or, or maybe not. Maybe they will lose to the Cleveland Browns in the wild card round. I don't know. Um, there's still a long way to go on that. But this is a good team. This is a team that has high picks in their pass rush, 
high picks in their past game. As a true number one running back in ETN, they had to shuffle their offensive line today, and, and they played without one of their corners. But this is a really good team that's right up there with anybody in the AFC can win it. Um, and hell, the Bills aren't in the in the picture right now, uh, but they might win it, right? But like this Browns defense needed a bounce back effort; it did it. Uh, they'll, tr- they'll try to get Ward back. They'll try to get all those guys healthy. And the Bears are playing better, but this is a game you win. And you just need two of the last four, and two are at home against the Bears and Jets. The path to the playoffs is there, and I think we all leave here tonight saying, in Flacco and Stefanski, you trust them to get it done. Real quick, we mentioned it briefly. Corey Bajorquez has, has a freaking howitzer attached to his left hip. 75 – this isn't one of those – like, you know, in the NFL, maybe it, it drops and the, and the punt returner messes it up and it rolls another 15 yards. No, that was 75 air yards that he kicked that thing. The only thing – and I actually saw people arguing in the chat about this. The only thing he doesn't do is he doesn't really kill it inside the 10. Like, anything – he it, it goes into the end zone. Like, he doesn't have the backspin. Have you noticed that? Like, he doesn't really kill kicks inside the 10. But, oh, yeah. my God, when you, it does, when you can kick it from your own end zone and pin the other team inside the 20 – or 25, sure. or wherever it was, you yeah. take that trade-off every single time. He can flip the field on a team no matter where he's punting from. It's it's an unbelievable weapon to have on a team that is banged up as they are to know that you can flip a field like that from your own end zone. Remarkable kick today. The field flips were important today. The Jaguars' first two scoring drives were 25 yards and 12 yards yeah. after the uh, the turnovers. You know, so... Um, that that's how you do it. Zadarius Smith with a sack today. Okoronkor with a sack today. Miles will not go down as a sack in his chase to win the sack crown because it was on a two-point play and stats don't count on there. But he's clearly hurting and it certainly was not his most active game. But in the fourth quarter, he draws a blatant hold that doesn't get called. He sacks him on the two-point conversion. And about two other times, Trevor has to throw it because he's closing on him. And just like last week in LA, the game plan is about him, Right. And so the Jags had to go from their third offensive tackle to their fourth offensive tackle today. Uh, I watched, you know, a handful of times they're chipping. They're they're doing what they can. That that's Schwartz's defense. When you get them out of what they normally want to do, you've you've won. Yeah. And you know the Jaguars clearly miss Christian Kirk, and they're going to miss him. But that's just a hell of a job by by Emerson Newsom, and then that rotating cast of of characters and castoffs and backups against these guys because. This is a really good. I mean, Evan Ingram is really, really good. Um, the rookie Washington, he has the fumble. He catches the touchdown. He's going to be a good player. Zay Jones has been in this league for seven years. He's been a touchdown maker. And Calvin, like this, this is a really good offense. And, and the Browns' defense delivered in the way it needed to. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Let's go into the um, couple here, and then, and then we got to get out of here. We got to write. Gregory W. Greg, you're up. Hey, guys. Uh, just a quick comment and curious your thoughts. Um, so this is just a pet peeve of mine. Take it with a grain of salt. I don't know the ins and outs of NFL football, but it seems like whenever a backup quarterback comes in, the coaches just get so conservative with the play calling to a point where it's even if you, you know, execute that conservative play call, your chances of winning are minimal. And it seemed like last week and this week, you know, who knows if it's going to work, but, you know, they, you know, put in a game plan offensively that gave themselves a chance to win. Um, so I was really happy to see that. Just curious your thoughts on that. Well, yeah, well, I mean, Joe, Joe Flacco is not your typical backup quarterback, right? And and although DTR played pretty well in Denver and obviously in a couple of big moments against Pittsburgh, I mean, you're just letting it rip here with this guy. This is natural arm talent, top shelf among anybody who's ever played. So that helps him, even though he's barely learning the receivers' names, right? And has been in something close to this offense, but never this with these guys or with this exact terminology. So, yeah, I mean, that's a big deal. The Stefanski can run his bread and butter plays for the most part. And the Browns can have that vertical passing game because that's just to stretch the defense and to make them. And then that's what allows Njoku to get more open underneath, you know? Um, that that's what will open things up for other guys is just being able to consistently throw it to Amari Cooper at 12 yards, 15 yards down the field. Um, just trusting that Elijah Moore will, will be able to make one out of two plays in the, in the eight, 12, 15 yard range. That's huge for moving the change. And that's huge for, for just opening things up. The only thing I would add to that is a lot of times you're going to see a more conservative approach because they back up didn't have the practice reps, you know, especially if it's an in-game flip like that. Zach, how many times have we talked about how important practice week is in the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday installation? Well, Flacco's had that now the last two weeks where he took yes. all the reps last week and this week. So it's a, and obviously he's seen every type of defense and you have more trust in him than you would a normal typical backup than, you know, a, a PJ Walker or a fifth round rookie in DTR. Yeah, three times this year, the Browns have trotted out to practice with a guy slated to be the starting quarterback who had never thrown to the top receivers for whatever reason. Either had been down the list or wasn't on the team at all, right? (laughs) So they have eight wins with four to go. Um, That says a lot about all involved, about AVP and Stefanski getting these guys ready to play. And, you know, no one thinks this is a great receiving clip, even with Elijah coming alive and Cedric Tillman showing life right but like they're 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 making plays they're doing it um you know what this says big picture about the guy they gave all the money to yeah it it, it doesn't reflect highly but we'll see we'll see how this goes that for this browns team this is about the here and now making the playoffs and then being just good enough and annoying enough with the deep pass and the defense to be a real thorn for the jaguars the dolphins or whomever uh that ends up being um, let's go here to the queue. Jeffrey, Jeffrey V, you're up if you're there. Hey, thanks for taking my question. I just wanted to ask about Ford because it seems like that guy can't find a hole for the life of him. Is this guy an <laughs> NFL back or 
Or is there just no holes because we're missing so many linemen? Um, I think it's a lot of things. You know, I, I think that with no threat of the running run from the quarterback and what's still probably at least a little limited playbook because he's new, I, I think teams have seen the Browns runs. You know, I, I think Ford has packages and plays that he runs, and they're obviously different than Kareem Hunt's. Um, you know, he's not Nick Chubb. No one is. We've seen him make big plays, and we've seen him make tough plays, catching swing passes and, and, and grinding things out. I think there are some holes that he's missed. Um, he's a young back, but I, I think he's a good player and a keeper. But like, Are they, are they going to give um... – was it strong Pierre some more? Uh, well, they're going to have, if Ford's hurt, they're going to have to, but let, let's keep in mind here that, you know, he's been here all year now, longer than Kareem has for this season. And he doesn't get any run because they, you know, he's just not going to break any tackles. He's fast and, and they, they think they can use him as a weapon, but it's different. Um, I think you could fairly say they have no idea who's going to be their number one running back at the start of next year. But, Jerome Ford's going to be a part of the offensive plan, and we'll see how much he grows. And, and look, if he's not here next week or for two weeks or, or whatever it may be, that that is a blow to this offense. It certainly is. Because you have your role with Kareem, right? Kareem is going to get 10 to 14 touches, most of them in short yardage. He's going to play to block on passing downs. Kareem is not going to have five yard five runs of eight yards or more anymore. He's just not. Right. Like you're going to pitch it to him in certain situations. You're mostly going to hand it to him. And he has been incredible in these these goal to goes and like the fourth and one today after the Jaguars jump. No one in the stadium doubted that Kareem's going to get it right. Um, Harrison Bryant makes one block and Kareem just barrels right over the next guy. But to think that he's going to play the feature role, I don't know. So so in that regard, we'll see more from Pierre Strong. But I think we've seen enough of this rotation now going back to week two that we, we know what Ford is and does for this offense, what Hunt is and does for this offense, and that Strong's behind are you Are you guys hearing anything about Chubb's recovery? I mean, that looked like he's, yeah, it looked like almost career-ending, essentially, considering it's the second, second time. He had the second surgery about four weeks ago. I mean, he's not going to be ready for a long time. So even Nick Chubb, the buy-in, it's going to be months before we know anything, and then that's going to be one of the points of the offseason with what they do with his contract and, and how they handle it. Um, yeah, he won't. He won't be back on the deal he's currently on. I think we can both one hundred percent say that if he's coming back, it's up for a much lower number. Yeah, short short of an eighteen hundred yard, eighteen touchdown season, he wasn't going to be anyway. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um. All right, we got to go. Right. Thank you guys for listening. For this will be our. This has been our civilized barking post game chat. Um, I'm going to have one of the Chicago writers on this week, and we're going to talk about Justin Fields and the Bears' future. And, uh, you know, the similarities between where the Bears were and where the Browns were for a long time. So there'll be a full podcast. And then we'll um, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, read what we write tonight or in the morning, whenever it goes up. And enjoy this ride. Because if, if you're along for it now, then you've certainly earned the right to enjoy it. Thanks, guys.